Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. This is a special episode of the Promo Kitchen Podcast. We have a new series, not necessarily a series, but an every now and then we'll jump in with a news you can use or abuse podcast. Hopefully it won't be dry and boring and I'm sitting with the right guys who can help make a podcast not dry and not boring. Um, on today's, See, there oh, you go. Sorry. Mark Graham in Toronto. Um, who's got to do something like that to keep the blood circulating up there. Yeah, and, oh, I'm so, oh, I'm so <laughs> bored Zezzo is finally back with us. He almost got fired because he has not been on a podcast with us in a long time. And it supposedly he's had some big life change going on, whatever, yada, yada. Dana is the chief marketing officer at Jetline Promo. Dana, good to have you back, man. All right. I'm zoinking right now. You just can't see it. <laughs> do you ever get tired of that? Yeah, are you, are you, have you retired the zoink? I don't see you using it as much. Absolutely not. It's just, you know, it's funny because people just refuse to do it and they just won't, you know, they just yeah. won't give in to the inevitable, which yeah. is at some point in your life, you're going to zoint. It's going to happen. There you go. Mark has a, a routine <laughs> after yoga. They do have, they have a part of their yeah, zoint uh, group hug <laughs> zoint kind of thing. In we, Toronto. I don't think we have ever zointed ever. <laughs> we haven't done that. We haven't done it. And, and you know, it's, not, it's not because we, we don't like it. It's just that we, you know, I don't think that we could do it as well as Dana does it, right? So nice. if you can't do it as well as Dana, why bother? Right. There's some serious hand positioning. There's an arc involved. <laughs> it, it, you got to know the camera angle. You got to take the zoint pretty serious. We yeah. are losing callers. We're losing callers so fast. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it, it, and it looks better if, you know, you're around four or seven, I find. You know, around oh, that, you know, right there you go. So, you know, I know, I know, I know, I know. So I know. I, I, get the I, blood move. I, I'm so. curious to ask you guys, uh, big news this week, uh, a couple of big, big uh, things going on. But one interesting news story is front page Wall Street Journal promotional product news story about uh, Norman Cohn. And I don't know about you guys, but typically when promotional products hit the press in a big way, it's negative. And this was a, I think, a good article. In the land of giveaways, Mr. Cohn is the sultan of swag. And if you go to the, uh, just Google um, Norman Cohn and Wall Street Journal, you'll find the link. And watch yep. the video because Norman's about to turn 80, I think. And this was, um, he, he really represents our industry well. He's very articulate. And, of course, he knows this business like the back of his hand. And can you imagine the high fives that are going on at ASI headquarters when they got front page publication of the oh, Wall Street wow. Journal? What did you? What did you, Mark? What did you think of the article? Yeah, I, I I agree with you, Bobby. That usually when when there's when there's something in the press that's usually negative, and I think it was pretty cool to 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 see it. And and uh, I mean, I think that as as positive as it was, I think that what I if if I was sitting there at ASI, and I don't know whether they would have thought this, but it's. The, the, the press still makes out the industry to seem pedestrian. And that was my only concern with the way the article was written. No, no disrespect to, to, to ASI or what Norman Cohn has done. They've done a spectacular job of really raising the profile and making an industry that's a really wonderful place to make a living and, 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 and promoting these great products for marketing purposes. But you can almost sense that 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 undertone, that almost like, well, it's uh, whistles and balloons and flashing key lights, and almost as though it's pedestrian. And I and I I don't know. Maybe I read into that because we're on the receiving end of that from our customers a lot. Like they'll 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 be um, 
they'll express a concern about the cheap side of the business, the flashing side of the business, the tchotchke side of the business, the unprofessional side of the business. And I, I, I think if I was a, a guy on the street, I would read the article and go, yeah, fairly it reinforces a lot of what I think of the industry. Not not that there was anything overwhelmingly bad, but I think that if there was an, uh, um, I think if there was an article that was written about, let's say the ad agency business or the creative business, that there wouldn't it wouldn't be written in the same way. And maybe I've just got 14 years of being in the industry, and you kind of feel like you you take it on all sides. But that that's what I came away thinking it uh, uh thinking in the top of my head you know i i had an initial reaction similar to that and i shared this with a friend whose opinion i really esteem and he said you're too negative this is a great article so i maybe maybe so maybe so uh dana i mean i haven't i, I haven't recalled seeing great press like that have you in your history um that that's pretty good publication yeah, that's great press. I mean, Wall Street Journal, obviously, you know, highly respected in the business world. I think just to be in in that arena, even if there is a slight negative undertone um, built in there, um, yeah, again, Mark, you said it yourself. We we get it from so many sides that we're probably, you know, we're always kind of on the defense. But um, you know, great press. Uh, you know, uh, the wording was strong. Um, the words were fun. They were relevant. They were modern. Uh, I like that about it, even though it was about a, you know a gentleman that I do respect and is older and been around the business for a long time. I liked that the article you know used verbiage that related to the current audience. Um, so right. I, I think it's good. No, I, I, well, I I like it. Okay, here here's let's skip. Let's skip, jump to another topic because we we're gonna do this pretty fast. Here's a, here's a headline I do not understand, and maybe Dana can shed some light on this. Dana Zezzo racks volunteer of the year. <laughs> racks I don't up? understand that. What is that? What, t- what the heck is going on? And there he is smiling in the middle of the photo like it's something he's proud of. Dana, what happened? Um, this is uh, pretty, <laughs> it was a pretty magical time. I, I was awarded the PPAI Rack Volunteer of the Year. Oh, um, okay. I got it. I got it. Along with the gentleman by the name of John Pierce, who's uh, another highly respected person in the industry. Not that I'm respected, but John is. And um, it was it was a magical moment. I, I got a if if my acceptance speech ever gets publicized, I will be the biggest pansy of the industry. I, I folded like I folded. I couldn't. I just worked so hard, and to finally have two hundred leaders in the industry that are on the regional associations in front of you that that awarded you this i just crumbled i mean i it was it was it, I, it was it was weak well <laughs> congratulations on it. I mean, i know you do a lot of speaking in the industry and i know that has a lot to do with it not because you're high profile but because you have committed so much of your time to volunteer for something like that and for us plebeians in the audience people like me that didn't quite understand how big an award that was a big award and you just helped clarify that and thanks for clarifying the headline issue i really <laughs> wanted longing to talk to you about that what the hell is going on i, I think i I think Bobby, at the end of the day, Dana, it's it, Bobby's jealous of you. You know, I am. But wait, Bob. Everybody, you know, we'll go public with it. You know, every all of Bobby's staff knows I have a man crush on yeah. him. So I, I don't know. It, the it's reciprocal. It's reciprocal. Yeah, mo- mo- most do. Most do. <laughs> yeah. So another another piece of information I want to bounce off you guys. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Falls in the interesting category that Facebook um, now has, and this was according to 
TechCrunch now let you follow someone in any app. So the way they tried to explain it was if if Instagram was still available before it was, you know, full or, or purchased and, and brought into the Facebook family, you could actually allow the app, your activity on the app, to be followed by a member of the Facebook community. Is this getting... Are we beyond the borders of uh, privacy? I mean, people are just really don't care anymore. I mean, literally, I could have an app and I could say allow it, and not just the status, but you guys could follow anything I'm doing on the app. Is that good news, bad news? And I have a correlated question to you. This is more relevant. Have you seen anyone in the industry using apps in a great way? Has anyone built anything that you admire? I can't think of a one. Wow, that, that's a good point. I mean, the, from the privacy perspective, you know, you got to look at the general knowledge base of the, the Facebook. For, first of all, they're obviously they're going to take, you know, then the big announcement came out about the, the email change too. I mean, yeah. they're going to take the default aggressive approach because they're in that position. And then it's up to us to take the, ref- the respond and fix whatever they did based on, you know, the news that we're getting. So, I, you know, as a business person and an entrepreneur and being a little more aggressive, I kind of like that they take the, 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 the hard, you know, it's not the hard stance, but they take that go forward approach first and then they fall back. Um, it, I, I think it's interesting and I respect it. And I'm sure a lot of people that, that are, you know, super paranoid that oh there they go again um but you know what all the things are in there if you learn it to go back and and change things back so um you know i think that the whole connectivity and the follow on the apps is the is the aggressive default to well let's just hook it all up and then let them unhook what they want to unhook yeah Um, i agree and with the fact, if people don't unhook, that you know, that's kind of like their own problem. If you're gonna, again, you got to remember, you're playing in somebody else's sandbox, right. not your own. Right. And it's <laughs> so, free. Right. And it's free. You have to adapt to them. Not it just them cost to you. you your life. That's all it costs you. But I won't. <laughs> right. I won't go there. I'm like, imagine. <laughs> so, uh, have you guys seen anyone using apps in the industry that you were really impressed by? Am I missing something? I don't see anything out there. I'm seeing some. I'm seeing some random stuff. I'm seeing some stuff where uh, people are using Pinterest and um, Instagram and a few of these. Um, but no apps to speak of, or even mobile sites. Have you seen any impressive mobile sites in the industry? I mean, everything. Yeah. Full- Go ahead, call so did, uh, <laughs> 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 so, uh, so to clarify, Bobby, are you talking about? You know, marketing and sales and creative-oriented apps. Or are you talking about productivity and operationally-minded uh, apps? I or? mean, anything. Have you guys seen anything mobile come out of our industry that you're blown away by? I, you know, yes, ESP has like search. I mean, anything. But are well, let's, let's let me narrow it down. Are any distributors doing anything unique with mobile and apps? Not. I haven't seen anything. Well, that's a void. It's a big void. Yeah. I mean, the rest of the world is talking about mobile. Here's another statistic. This was another. Well, go, wait, ahead, Mark, me, Mark, me, go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Yeah, go get, ahead. Yeah, I think if the app that um, needs some look right now, um, and I don't know if – I guess it's an app. I guess we got to define app. But you know, the Sage is utilized that, that trade show app um, yep. where you can be at a trade show um, and they're – cross-linking the suppliers that are at it, giving a QR code to every supplier, and the distributor can come up to the booth, QR code, um, which dumps them into the app, 
and then dumps them into the your vendor um, part, and then you can up, put notes, um, f- up, upload, you know, attach photographs, videos. I think that's pretty cool because I think the memory ability of the human brain is you can remember where you saw it, but you might not be able to find it. So you might, at, right. you know, the, the average distributor is going to say, yeah, I was at, you know, I was at the show and I ran into them and I'm pretty sure it was this. And they can kind of three-dimensional search it by narrowing it down rather than starting from, say, Google or a vendor site or, you know, or something like that. Right. So that's one of the apps I've seen um, that's kind of cool. And uh, again, D- Sage, um, you know, I think they do a great job. Obviously, they've done an amazing, you know, have amazing partnership with PPI. You know, I just, from a supplier perspective, just we're not always privy to seeing what they're doing um, that's affecting the way distri- distributors either find or utilize our information. So that's a little frustrating. But I still think the general concept of the app is pretty cool. Dana, have you seen success at Deadline with that new Sage app where, uh, like in terms of uh, it generating more leads and more interest after the trade show or helping you follow up on leads or uh, increasing distributor supplier engagement with your line? Well, absolutely, in- increasing engagement because they come up to the booth. You know, they have the quick conversation. They find one or two things, which is really all that someone can digest anyway that they want to lock right. onto. They QR right. code it. They make a couple notes. I think there's going to the success rate of traction there's got to be exponentially higher than if they didn't do anything. So, right. but but have you seen? Uh, or sorry, I'll rephrase. How many how many shows have you been at where that app has been? Uh, been in use. Well, they, I know they sure. launched it in Vegas, but they I think they did a lot of rewrites on the on the programming side of it. So they're just you know they're on a crusade to educate the distributors. So that's a, a slow process. Not nothing against distributors, but that's just a slow process to get a user educated on on an app. I mean, if you think of the yeah. apps that you and I use or we use, nobody really educated us. We might have haphazardly figured it out. So yeah. the distributor base that's in the industry, unfortunately, yeah, take a while. Need, yeah, it need, it's going to take a while. But I, I, li- I still like the forward thinking of it. Okay. Let me ask yeah. you guys another thing. This was in the headlines as well, and this affects our industry too. And, I'll, and I think I can explain how. Uh, 70% of consumers now watch TV on non-TV devices. PCs, yep. tablets. How about you guys? Do you guys ever um, crash at home or get home and turn on the tube and watch anything? You, are you are you glued to the TV like we used to be for a program at nine o'clock on Thursday or not? Oh no, no not at all. No, no way. <laughs> and, no way. And and you know, what does this mean, Mark? Here, this goes into a com- this is going to fold into a conversation that we're going to have in NALC. What does this mean? This is where I, th- I, I, I really feel like e-commerce is, is still strong, viable option for right. the promotional products buyers. Because when you look at the switch that has happened with television, once the mainstay of millions of Americans, business is going to follow. So I guess I'm, I'm answering a corollary in 10 years with that headline say 70% of B2B buyers now purchase promotional products through the web. Right. I just don't I see s- it. I see Ooh, where you're going go. with that, Bobby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bobby's on this big e-commerce terror, Dana. It was cool, <laughs> like, honestly, in 2001. No, no. Like, seriously, <laughs> Bobby's like, I'm going back to 2000. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, but I, 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 well, Dana, you answered me because I, I agree with you, but I see there being a slight difference between our industry 
and its adoption of the web and what's happened in music and television simply because of the digital nature of content that is not the case in our business. So I, I see there being a difference there. But Dana, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I, I mean, I see an apples to oranges a little bit. I mean, with a television, news, um, music, you're, that's, a, that's a media. I mean, that's, that, that's a different level of con- – completely different content level than making a purchase. Um, people are not – they're listening to music at their own time, the way they download and where they put it on their, their devices. They're going to get news at their time when it's convenient for them. And then they're telling the news providers when they when and how they want it fed to them. Um, and the TV is the same. And yes, is it affecting advertising um, in the sense that what's where's the advertising inside of that medium? Absolutely. But our, again, physical to you know tangible marketing is what we are. That is non-tangible marketing. I think it's just so apples to oranges that you can't draw the line directly back to e-commerce, business to business, promotional products. Um, when I maybe when I choose to research my promotional products and how I choose is going to change, but I don't think I think there's a longer distance of that change in that transaction than just. Comparing it to a TV show on an okay. iPad. Okay, let me broaden the question a little bit. Then, will buyers be using the web as some form of transaction? Whether it's they're reviewing a presentation by you via BrainShark, via GoToMeeting, and they're saying yes, but it's all conducted practically digitally. I mean, the two things that are weighing heavily in my mind, Mark, are the um, e-commerce conversations we've had. Dale Denham's comment on, you know, are you using the web more? Are you emailing your customers more than you were? And is this where we're heading as a result? And uh, also just the the age of our buyers, the fact that we're staying the same age and our our buyers, you know, are are younger. Um, Yeah. I, I, in a way, you both gave answers, I think, that would fold neatly into digital tools. Some aspect of digital tools will be stronger five years from now than they are today. Wait a minute. First of all, you said, are you emailing your customers more? I think we're beyond that curve. We're actually yeah. – I think there's less emails and there's more – direct messaging happening within sure. the Twitter. I mean, I, 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 I agree, but, but, but Dale's point was it's all happening. It's all moving that way. And so transaction based shopping can be right around the corner, but with digital firms or, or marketing firms like, like with Janie, with Grapevine and Mark, with you guys and your very creative aspect, we're getting less FaceTime with clients. So things right. are going digital. Yep. Yeah. Hence, <laughs> I'm going to say it. Hence, the value of touching a client in multi ways: business, personal, hobbies, interest. Um, so that when that transaction is there, your trust is already in- instilled. I agree. I agree. We have three minutes. Um, we have a surprise for today's initial news. You can use or abuse podcast. We have a special guest joining us. I won't. Um, I won't ruin the surprise. But we have three minutes. And Dana, I have a question for you. And I don't even know if you can do this in three minutes. How has social changed, and what do you see coming down the pike? Uh, for, for our business specifically, not not everybody <laughs> else, but for our business specifically. I think the adoption rate is increasing rapidly. I think we're, we're, we're still on the front side. So as people adopt it, I think they, they will understand because as you adopt it, you become uh, – you digest it as much as you – you know, you're putting out content. So as you digest that content, I think that 
um, intuitively it makes you smarter uh, in what you want to create and what you want to put out there. So I see a, a huge increase in the use of video. Uh, I see a huge increase in the use of smarter content because it's going to kind of happen naturally. Um, again, I, th- I still think the industry is on the front side. I think you're see you know more co- things like Pinterest pop up. Um, I still think we're on the front side of this. I really do. Okay, you guys are get ready to make fun of me. I still think Google Plus is a better platform than Facebook. <laughs> see, I, knew, I know there's there's right, wide open shot. Go ahead and take it. Mark, go ahead, shoot the first shot. Ah, <laughs> oh, we had so many, so many ways I can go with this. I, I, I'm not did a total you, me, Facebook fanboy, but would, I'm gonna say, Bobby, go ahead. Come on. Did what? you see what they they released this week? Was events? It's a new. I know they're like trying everything they can do to resurrect this. And yes, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you that the G Plus community is the size of Facebook's growth in the past year, but. There's a very loyal following in G+, and the platform's cleaner. It's better. It's more enterprising. There's yep. more functional things to do. They just released events, and what events will do uh, will actually let you do social, like like uh, the events that you have. Um, when you share photos from it, it'll like create an entire timeline, if you will, right there for that party. It aggregate, yep. basically, all the photos and the talking that's going on about that event. It's kind of cool. Bobby, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah, and, don't, and, don't ask me about my own usage of G+. No, and I agree. I think the Google Plus platform, from a functionality integration, is an amazing platform. But let's, let's break this down. There's, there's two trains on the tracks. One is an old school style train that every, you know, you sit on and it goes, doesn't go very fast and it seats so many people and, you know, it's got a good, you know, passenger rate. And there's a brand new train next to it that travels three times the speed. Okay, you can get where you're going three times as fast. It's got more comfortable seats. It's got better food. It's got better bathrooms. But all your customers are on the slow train. Which train do you get on to ride with your customers? You have been practicing that, haven't you? <laughs> You've been saying that in all your billions of speeches. Okay, guys, it's 3.30. No, you know what? He hasn't. It's 3.30. I just, he, I just made that. I just you, said, I'm going to let you answer that back, but we have a special guest we got to dial in right now because he's waiting. We don't keep this guy waiting. So I'm going to no. – we'll, we'll pause. And we'll be back to that. And I still prefer the uh, the spider web analogy. Like the train one was good, but you know, come on. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> Hello, Kim. How are you? I'm doing just fine. How's everybody? Good. We are. So you know, and you have a heads up. We are live on the Promo Kitchen podcast as we speak. So, Kim, say hi, hi to Kim. the Promo Kitchen community. Good afternoon, Promo Kitchen. How is everyone? They're crazy. Well, Don't no. ask them, Kim. It gets ugly. Oh dear. Well, let yeah. me uh, let me ask Paul to join us, and um, I'll be right back with you. Great. So go ahead, Dana. Finish what you were going to say. So the, the, you know, it goes back to fundamentals, and I agree that I, I would love to ride the fast train, but I'll ride the fast train when all my customers are on the fast train, because the only way I'm going to get business done is to be with my customers. And right now, my customers are on Facebook, and then there's a a. Sp- you know, big surge in Twitter hitting the industry like crazy, where they're starting to use the hashtag a lot more. You know, a lot more intelligently um, to embrace events and stuff. So right now, I'm going to follow my customers. End end of story. Okay. Are you, Bobby? Seeing, yeah, go ahead, Mark. I, I, I'm not going to make fun of you right now because I I, I admire your 
desire to stick with the new new thing and you know to put your stick your head out and and to try these new things and i agree you know it's interesting i feel that uh this might be a silly analogy right but it might be the difference between Betamax and VHS. If you remember back, of course right. you would remember mm-hmm. back to that those days. Bob, but, um, <laughs> wow! But go ahead, but, caller. What I was going to say, caller. Ah, oh, jabs me in the heart. But I was going to say that Google Plus might very well be the Betamax in this situation. Better technology. It's cleaner, more graceful. But if it doesn't have the distribution, like Dave talking about, then it, it, it can be a killer. So I, uh, I've, I suppose I've always admired what Google Plus has done, and I think the shame there is that they were five years too late, and it's all about distribution and eyeballs. That's and a great. It's a great analogy. It, it really is. I hate your analogy, but it's a great analogy. <laughs> now, now, does that mean that you're a bad person for being on it? Absolutely not. I think it's really, really cool. And I think, with all due respect to you, Bobby, I think that if you can start engaging with clients on there, then it's a wide open field, right? Everyone's on Facebook. And you both said, "Good luck with that." I could hear it in your head. Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I think are it's you, awesome. Let me it. ask Dana this. Dana, what have you pinned recently? Are you on Pinterest? Absolutely. You are. Are you pinning like uh, promo items or personal things or both? Well, come on. What do you think? Both. <laughs> okay. Um, shots. I kinda, yeah, I have. I pinned a couple of pictures. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Um, I pinned. Uh, I pin about three or four times a day. My boards are. You know, if you looked at my boards, they kind of sum up. Who I am, the outdoors, the RVing, the food, the grilling, beer, the industry, my company. Um, uh, so it, it kind of again says, you know, I think somebody's there trying to figure out who is this person and do I want to do business with them. That so. doesn't translate into sales. Ooh, Bobby. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, I just had to hear oh, the data. I had to hear wow. the, the air sucked out of the room for a minute. <laughs> Let me tell you what I'm pinning. Uh, you know, I'm a runner and I run in the country, so I'm pinning um, roadkill. Actually, uh, I like that. I yeah. like that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I've got a nice collection. Very macabre of you, Bobby. People aren't sharing it. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> you, I would you, think that that would be big in Oklahoma. <laughs> that would be big, gentlemen. Hey, uh, oh, thank you Whoa, all for saving us, you? Paul. You you just elevated the conversation greatly I by saying. Well, I was following this. I was fascinated <laughs> by it. I was learning about. Dan's Pinterest. I've been on for a couple of minutes, but I didn't want to break in on that. <laughs> you were listening to this nut, these idiots talk. When you said gentlemen, it definitely elevated the conversation well, just I, by saying it. I'm I'm growing accustomed to following Dan. I followed him um, last week at a at a distributor meeting at an I promote you meeting. He spoke one day. I followed the next day, and then he speaks now, and I have to follow him again. It's yeah. getting a little bit of a trend. You have to crouch to get in his shadow, but it is a shadow that we all have to fill at some point. Oh, yeah. It never it never ends. It never ends. So, Paul, you walked into uh, – folks uh, that are listening to the podcast, we are really privileged and honored to have Paul Bellantone, president and CEO of PPAI, on the call today. And this is not your first uh, – conversation with the promo kitchen community paul but we really appreciate your support of of pk and just being involved with it all uh, right anytime anytime i can put it into the schedule i feel like a veteran now with the <laughs> yeah, this right. is my third one That's so right. we, we have some big news to talk about uh on the on the last day of promotions east it was announced that promotions east will become expo east uh thanks to an alliance between specialty advertising association and ppai paul can you tell us a little bit about that you, you did a great overview of it. Um, 
we we had identified i'll give you a little bit of a backstory on it we have we had identified real shifts in the trade show market not just in our industry but in all industries and i think that um you know you, you look at the expo and you look at the run that it's had and i, I believe it's going to have an incredible run for years to come but to expect that you know we're going to get another 30 years as a 3300 booth show with 10 11 12,000 13,000 people coming i think that that would be that would not be prudent planning on our part. So as an association, we recognized where we weren't capturing members, where, you know, where we, we might not be able to service our members with a show. And um, we put a task force together and they, and they definitely said that the association needed a presence on the East Coast. We approached our um, regional association partners there at Sagney. They, we, you know, we, we just said, look, you know, we think ultimately all trade shows are going to be vulnerable. We need we need to work together to strengthen things. And four or five months later, we're we're rolling out um, a new event called Expo East that's going to be bigger and broader and and service more members and and bring a taste of the PPI Expo to the folks on the East Coast who aren't really being serviced by any events. So the first question I had when I saw, when I saw the news was: Is this intended now to you purposefully? sort of the the PPAI West show, I guess, would be the Vegas show. Right. And now you have the PPAI East. So obviously the PPAI West is going to get smaller, uh, but it's meant to be an exact replica of the Vegas show, right? Well, you know, we, we well, no, it'll never, I don't think it'll ever be the size of the PPI Expo and it's not designed to be that. I think if, if it were a show that were closer to Expo and time frame. If it were January and then moving to February, you right. might say, yes, you're going to hurt the Expo in terms of um, cannibalizing on it. But I think the people who go to a show in late May and June and the people who go to Janu- a show in January are going for two different reasons. And I don't think somebody's going to say, you know, I don't think I'm going to go to the Expo this year. I'll just wait till Expo East. Right. I think we're serving a marketplace that's not going to Expo. Absolutely, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not necessarily sure that there's that cannibalization factor. Okay, hope not. You know, I, D- I hope not. Dana, how uh, how you hang out with a lot of supplier friends? How has the news been received on the been received on the supplier front? Um, pretty neutral. I mean, there. You know, when something really goes crazy, you hear a lot of vocal, you know, and uh, there hasn't been a lot of vocal, which on the supplier side, there's not a lot of vocal. It, it, it's pretty neutral. Um, I don't know exactly what would make a supplier excited about it. I mean, it, it's kind of in their routine already, and that's not to take away from the what the change is, but they're there doing a show anyway. Um, so I think the supplier side right now is just is fairly neutral. Now I think um, the you know obviously knowing that PPI is involved, um, you know raises the bar a little bit, and that that's a good thing. Um, the the you know under, again in respecting the regional associations that you know they're all volunteer based, and um, you know there's a lot of risk at that. And I think knowing that PPI is involved. Um, makes us a lot more comfortable that's for sure well from a, from a distributor's perspective it's got to be good news particularly if i can hop on a plane rather affordably right in the middle of the year 
because you have the you know there are more and more suppliers that are rolling out product year round. It's no longer because I guess of the um, proliferation of shows. It's no longer been about the great January rollout, although that's the case. But we're constantly talking to supplier partners that are rolling out something new right in the middle of summer. So the fact that this show is May, right, Paul? May nineteenth through twentieth in two thousand thirteen. Yeah. We're at the end of May in both um, thirteen and fourteen. It's a great time if you're near that yep. market or can fly there affordably to get a shot in the arm to see what's going on and experience the vibe. I guess it's always been that way with Sag- Sagney, but I've uh, know that PPA. AI is going to bring an elevation to that show uh, that, that, from my perspective, and I don't go to Sagney, has, has been needed. Mark, what, what was your thoughts? Um, well, I, 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 I've been to Promotions East twice. Uh, I've been fortunate to, to have done some speaking there, and I, I've, I've always been impressed with Promotions East, I mean, under its current, um, current format, but I, I, I've always been so much more impressed by Expo. It's always been, and, I, and I'm speaking as a Canadian. We've got a great show here in Toronto every year, but Vegas has always been this hyper professional, uh, fantastic show. Great quality vendors, great quality distributors, great quality conversations, and that's in, in my mind. I've always associated that with the with what PPAI brings to the table. So I can only imagine now if PPAI and its infrastructure is behind Promotions East, what they're going to be able to do to a show like that. Um, I also know. I mean, Atlantic City is not a big deal to get to from Toronto that could represent an opportunity for us as we start to plan for the holiday season to go to a truly first-class show that I think will even be better than what it's been before. So as a distributor, uh, I mean, I suppose as long as the fees don't increase to attend, then it would be certainly very positive. This is Paul again, and I want to agree with Dana. At the end of the day, the association is compelled to perform. If we do a really good job with it, the suppliers are going to get excited and if they don't, they don't. Now, I, I know my team. I know what we can bring to the table, and I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna do a great job with it. But I mean, Dana's right to a certain extent. Is that suppliers have seen a lot? They're they're exhibiting. They're all over the place, um, and they they want shows to work. They want to see as many distributors as they possibly can. I think what we have in our favor here that that didn't exist for the folks at Sagney is we've increased our distributor membership by almost 40% over the last 17 months. Wow. wow. About, f- about 50% of that number is east of the Mississippi. Hmm. So for us, it not being a regional association, it allows us to be a little bit broader in our reach. It allows us to partner with regional associations and, and help them by servicing members that, that are common to all of us. So from that extent, I, it, we know that we're going to be able to deliver more than Promotions East already has. From a regional standpoint, Dan, I think you brought up another good point from a volunteer standpoint, is that you know Sagney's membership has declined over the last couple of years because they don't have the infrastructure we have to produce a first-class trade show and do um, quality membership recruitment. And I think that for me and for Sagney, the compelling reason to do this, one of the compelling reasons was you know, let us focus on the trade show. We have a trade show department that's four times larger than Sagney's entire staff, and let them focus on getting new members and talking about the compelling reasons to join Sagney. So there's a couple, there's benefits at this on a couple of levels for a number of different audiences. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I would add real quick, you know, and I know, Paul, you wouldn't want this, um, but back to Bobby's point about, you know, if 
if Expo on the West got a little smaller, um, I know, Paul, that your group would not want that, and, and I totally understand that. From a supplier perspective, I'm not sure if I would mind that because what's, what's happening is the show – was so successful that I know there's a you know there's an old school thought process with suppliers that it's all about numbers. Um, well, there's a new school thought process that's all about quality and not quality. the quali- quality of the distributor per se, the quality of the time that I get to spend with a potential client or existing client. And what was happening that show was so successful that our quality of time shrunk drastically because. The people wanted to move through so fast that you never got to kind of tell your story. So from a supplier's perspective, if PPI Expo did down, you know, go down a little bit, that we could increase the quality of time we spent with the people who did attend, we would have a way better ROI. So that's, it's like a double-edged sword. Wow. Is that, then is that a, um, a, an observation you've been able to make now with both of the supplier companies that you've worked with? Is, is there any different difference in how one supplier member that you the working with now jetline versus what it was when you were with um protels um i don't know if i have enough information to fully answer that with protels it was an absolute if we couldn't tell the story we were dead in the water so if people were moving through too fast we weren't getting anywhere and i can't tell you how many people i have on video that someday when i'm ready to um, go postal, I will show all these videos of people walking by the booth saying, you know, just I don't sell towels and they just walk right by. Um, <laughs> but he, he's so, not bitter about that. No, not, not at all. all. No, yeah. I'm not, yeah, not me. Um, but uh, I don't, I'm not long, I haven't been at Jetline long enough to know. Now, it's obviously a, a much more commodities based company, but again, still has an interesting story. And the only way to sell today is to be able to, 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 move that story into the customer so they become more connected to the company. Um, people that aren't doing that, are just I just can't see them surviving long term. Um, so I, don't, I can't fully answer it, but I, I, I'm hard pressed to think that it's not the same. And the bottom line is that really what PPAI is doing is responding to market demand with that kind of growth with distributors and 50% of that growth, um, you know, east of the Mississippi, that's, they're just responding. And so uh, kudos to you guys, Paul. I'm sure your team, um, you've got a fantastic team. I'm sure that you guys are probably going to increase a lot of activity now that there's two big shows on the horizon. Yeah, well, we're, they are. They're geared up for it. Um, I committed to the board recently at our meetings last week that I would spend the next six months delivering on the promises we've made over the last six months. So I know that everybody here has their work cut out for them. Um, it, it's interesting with Promotions East and, and the potential upside, now it's Expo East, is that you know just in the tenure that I've been with the association in the last decade, that show um, was up to 1,200 booths and it's at 600 booths right now. And I think that they had 4,000 distributors at it, and it's at 3,000 distributors right now. So even if we were able to bring it back to just where it was a decade ago without any net increase over that, I think it makes for a pretty compelling story for both suppliers and distributors to participate in it. So we're excited. We think it's all I, I agree 100% with that. Well, I'm the old guy on the call, so I still pine for the days when it was in Dallas, but I may be the only one <laughs> in the industry that actually feels that way. So, uh, um, Yes, you're Bob, the only you one. love Vegas, my buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested uh, to see whether this approach with Promotions East is one that you would replicate in other key reach markets like SAC, as an example, is coming up in August. And um, is, is that something that 
is a bit of a wait and see, or uh, is that something that you see as being part of your strategy over the next couple of years with regard to the regionals? Um, I, I think there's got to be a business case for it. I don't think just being a regional qualifies as a business decision. So if, if we can justify it on our end and it, and it makes sense to have that happen and as a and as a business reason to do it, and the regional can support it, and and you know there's enough momentum behind that, then I don't think that anything's off the table. One of our one of the the biggest selling points on this, and, I, and to me is most important in this, is that we've made a commitment that any growth that we do in trade shows, we will not add new shows to the marketplace. We're either going right. to partner, or we're going to uh, take over a show, or in some way, but. So as long, I, I think that that may be the factors. If there's a compelling business case for the association, if there's one for the regional, and we can do something right. without adding another show, I think those would be our, um, our, you know, some of the benchmarks we'd have to hit. Paul, right. I, I have, I'll throw an interesting question out there. Um, we all know that, that the concept of the traditional trade show has been under, you know, pretty pretty intense pressures over the last, you know, three or four years, obviously since the recession. And there's been these spin-offs of other style engagement opportunities between distributors and suppliers and they've been extremely successful um, do you is PPAI talking about um, responding responding to this need of a different style of engagement than the typical stroll down the aisle and stop at the booths you want to stop at um, I'm assuming without you know, getting into brands or anything. We have a couple in our industry. I think you're talking about like the EME shows and right. maybe promotional marketing Correct. shows. We, we're Correct. certainly looking at it because I think that anything that, that gets our members' interest needs to get our interest. The challenge we have with that, Dana, is that we can't, we, I, I guess we could, but we've chosen as an association not to to do things that we can't include all of our members or a large portion of our members and to be in that business you need to be selective about the distributors that you're inviting to participate right. and you need to be selective about the number of suppliers and and if you're selective about the numbers of suppliers then you're excluding some other suppliers and I just don't know that that's the business that we want to be in maybe something that we look at you know in alignment with uh, one of the outside companies that are doing it but from a, a pure association running that type of show, I don't see it in our future because it goes against the concept of what an association does. We talked about this um, at Vegas, but it does seem like social has an interesting knack for increasing show activity, not decreasing it, because we find out our network network is going that influences us to go. So show business may not be suffering like we think it is. Um, well... Our show, at, at last count, I think that there was about 160 or 165 events that that crossed the country in one way or another, whether it's a traveling show or a full-day show or a multi-day show like the Expo. Um, and and I think somebody did an analysis a while back and, and, took, and made a unique list of all of the people that attended. And I, I don't know that we've reached half the people that are selling promotional products in our industry, even with that 160 events. I'm always an optimist. I look at the upside in them. Um, so, wow, I, I would agree with you, but I don't think we're. Well, I'll, I'll give you a for instance. We know that there are nine thousand people 
on PPAI rosters on the East Coast that have not attended any of the major trade shows. Wow. And that's really? 9,000 people on, on just the East Coast. And so let's take that across the country. There's 30,000 people that we have in our rosters that aren't attending any major show. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Well, before we switch, we have about eight minutes left. I want to ask Paul, and Paul, feel free to interrupt me and if you want to make any other comment about the shows, and we can circle back around at the end here. Uh, but I am holding in my hands the freshly printed July 2012 issue of the PPAI sales volume study. And uh, in 2011, promotional product sales outpaced almost all other non-electronic media. PPAI's yep. annual survey of distributor sales shows the industry moved $17.7 billion worth of promotional goods last year, a 7% gain over 2010. I'm curious what all of you guys think about year-to-date, two things, year-to-date, and will the elections in the U.S. affect our business? Wow. Um, <laughs> let me let me start with the, the research you you sent out. We, we're very, very encouraged by that information. Being up 7% is a terrific thing. Going up to 17.7 billion, you were exactly right on how we compare to other media. I think we track 14 different media. Um, only three of them were up more than promotional products. Um, I think it was internet, it was mobile phone, and cable TV. Um, so to me, that's really encouraging. There's some discouraging news in there, too, and I spoke about this at the meeting I was at last week, that of this of that increase, only 70% of the respondents actually reported an increase. So we are still an industry of haves and have-nots, and only 50% of our distributors reported that they um, were more profitable than the year before. So I look at that information, and, and I look at what you know, we're seeing versus other medias, and I just think we're competing with the wrong people. It seems to me that that our industry needs to grow its market share, but we tend to be growing it against each other at the expense of each other, rather than against some of these other media that are obviously don't have the ability to grow as fast as we do. So I'm, what I'm going to try to do over the next year is take that information, get out on the town halls, and talk about how our media is stacking up against other media. It's not just distributors competing against other distributors. It's it's our media competing against those competitive media that will that that are fighting for dollars in the marketplace. And when you look at the numbers, we have the most compelling story to tell versus other traditional media. So um, I'm I'm going to stop my uh, I'm, I'm going to stop talking about what makes us better competitors about each other and more about what makes us other better competitors against other media. Your, um, I think your, your second question was about the elections. And um, if I knew that, I would be on a, <laughs> I would be on a Fox News right now or MSNBC. Right. Right. And not that you guys aren't at the same <laughs> Right. No, no, we get it. We get it. So Mark, Mark and Dana, what do you guys think about uh, how the market's doing year-to-date? You guys, Dana, you, you feel the pulse of the industry. You're seeing a lot of distributors. Year-to-date, what do you think? Yeah, I mean the the activity level is high. I think the most impressive thing is the. It seems like um, you know the the challenges of um, over overseas has kind of set in. Enough people have had a hard time, got burnt, you know, uh, forwarded money and never got it back, or whatever the story is, that they are coming back around to um, 
partner with maybe their their top level suppliers at that opportunity first so they have kind of a you know they actually want the middleman and understand that it's going to cost some margin but um the, the i've seen a, a big surge in large quantity quotes again um that's refreshing um that's if you're heavily in, invested as a supplier uh and just the day-to-day activity is much higher from from every perspective, from phone, emails, you know, all the different ways we touch our clients. Um, you know, specs are are strong, uh, which are good. You know, people are specking product. That means there's definitely you know programs and and conversations that are close to moving in the right direction. So, I think the pulse is very good. I'm actually kind of surprised that the numbers as low as it is, but I guess it's just so big in the big picture. I would think it's it. I just think the number would be higher. Um, I think the industry is very healthy right now. I think, you know, suppliers did a great job of leaning down um, to prepare, you know, well, let's put it this way. They didn't prepare for the recession very well. They leaned down pretty tight and then they all got caught and customer service issues were challenged, inventory things were challenged, but they're still coming out of that and rebuilding out of that, which is putting them in a much better place today from a profitability standpoint on the supplier side. Um, I'm, I like where we're at right now. I think uh, I think we're in a good place. Mark? We are. Um, we're we're compiling our second quarter numbers right now. But I I, I know both PPAI and ASI have reported eleven quarters of consecutive growth, both on the supplier and distributor side. And our first quarter numbers, both suppliers and distributors, projected um, increases in the second quarter. So, like Dana, I am also an optimist. Fantastic. Mark? Uh, j- j- just speaking from my experience as a distributor at Right Sleeve, we've certainly seen our sales number um, uh, improve quite dramatically this year. It's, it's exciting. We've been able to hire more people and expand our team. Uh, certainly, we've found uh, our business on both sides of the border has increased uh, um, at, a nice, at a nice pace. When we're speaking to clients, we're also seeing them uh, come to us with larger budgets and, and we'll pull them and ask them what they're thinking in terms of how their businesses are doing and, and, and the responses are much, much better than they were, say, two, three years ago when it was quite depressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other vantage point that, that, I've, that, that we've had some insight into is with, with, with our new um, application with CommonSkew, we've been able to have a more unique relationship with a number of other distributors that are coming on to oh, the platform and we're 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 seeing their numbers uh, jump quite considerably from the previous year, and and we're just getting that uh, um, anecdotally from them, of course. But it's it's interesting to see the level of enthusiasm out there, just yeah. given this new relationship that we have with some of them, and uh, just a greater insight into what they're doing. Uh, so based on that, those two different touch points, I'm I'm uh, looking forward to an even better year this year than than a previous. Yeah, I, rec- I recall our promo kitchen party. Uh, the enthusiasm and the optimism about the year ahead was was off the charts. Yeah. Compare, I would, compare. I would yeah. go back to too being you know with Paul. I'm I'm the 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 optimist. I don't think the market was saturated in the first place. Uh, I, I still don't think that that we've reached our full potential. Um, and, and I'm going to say this as politically correctly as I can, but. In in the very successful time successful times of promotional products, people really didn't have to work that hard. Um, and we've notoriously heard the word order takers, things like that. Um, Low hanging fruit, right? It, what, it, there was so much of that that 
you it wasn't saturated because you didn't have to saturate it um i think what we've experienced i'm i feel super excited as a as a young executive that i went through what i went through um i was very fortunate that you know personally i didn't it didn't financially crush me but i feel that I make better decisions today, smarter decisions for myself, my company, my sales people, um, you know, the marketing decisions we make because of what we went through. I hope that I share that belief with other people so that we just elevate the bar within our industry because we're smarter because of what we had to go through. Instead of complaining about what we went through, you know, I would go back and ask a lot of people, okay, okay, maybe you had it too good to begin with. <laughs> and, yeah. and you and this could have helped you. So I look at it from yeah. much like Paul in that perspective. We've got we've got a minute or two left here. I want to mention that the PPAI North American Leadership Conference is a two and a half day conference held August twelfth through the fourteenth in two, the, this year in New Orleans. And Mark's going. I'm going. Danny, you going? Absolutely. Awesome, Paul. Any uh, new surprises? Any things we should be aware of? And uh, and we need to get folks there. Um, I, I think it's going to be terrific. We're doing, we've changed the format up a little bit from last year. We're going to be doing um, TED, Talk, TED Talk type uh, format for some of the sessions. We're going to um, have, continue to have breakouts where people can go to a general session and then split up deciding on what they want to, what they want to experience after the general session. I'm excited about it. We're way ahead on our numbers over last year. We've just secured a new hotel because we filled up the hotel we were at. Wow. So um, we're excited about it. Wow. I'm and assuming I Mark's. You that it will not be over 115 degrees in New Orleans. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I, am, I am attending Mark's class on how to import customers from Canada because obviously he's got a lot of them. That'll be a great session, Mark. I'm really looking forward to that. Any, anything I can do, Bobby, to help you. Anything. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, let's give Paul the final word. Paul, anything else you want to mention before we close? Um, I'm, I appreciate the opportunity to talk a little bit about Expo East. We are excited about it. We think it's good for the industry. We definitely think it's good for the regionals in that area. And I'll go back to what I said to, um, to Dana after his comment that the proof will be in the pudding. And, um, you know, we're going to have a, a, a terrific show and, and more people are going to sign on to it next year. And we think we're going to have a compelling package. You're going to have the Expo experience on the East Coast. Awesome. Paul, thanks awesome. so much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate you and your leadership at PPAI. It's been so refreshing to be a part of. Oh, I, I, I want to add one more thing. Do I have another second? Yeah, absolutely. Next week is my one-year anniversary in the role, and it has been an absolute pleasure to, awesome. to serve this industry. So thanks, gentlemen, for all the support you've shown me over the year, too. Awesome. We're, we're, Thank you, we're Paul. Thrilled, thrilled to be a part of it. And I'm sure our inboxes are exploding, so I'll let you guys go. And thanks to our listeners for, for tuning in uh, to another Promo Kitchen podcast. We appreciate you guys. Do not forget, um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, go on to iTunes, wherever you listen. There's a new app, uh, Apple just released, where you can listen to app. To go to the App Store, find the new app for listening to podcasts. But go on there and make a comment. Let us know if you want to be on the program. And certainly we'll want your feedback. And, guys, I will see you in New Orleans. You bet. New Orleans. All right, New Orleans. You- <laughs> Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Take care, guys.